0: Anyways, here's what the movie is about. They was in this western town and there was a they had a gunfighting contest and um, this lady Sharon Stone was like a gunfighter. And she went to this town because the man who was sponsoring the gunfight had killed her daddy when she was a little girl. So she really went to the to the town looking for revenge to kill this guy who killed her dad. And <clears throat> there just happened to be this contest going on. And I know this sort of sounds crazy, but I feel like the Lord was saying to me this morning during worship, I asked the Lord what he was doing. And he reminded me of that movie. And he reminded me of all the different gunfighters that they had in the movie. You know, they had some that were really guys who could do their guns and, you know, showmanship kind of things. And, but there was one guy in particular in the movie who was um, sort of a, a, he was a prisoner of this guy who was running the thing. and And... Actually, this guy was the best gunfighter of all of them. And they put a gun in his hand that really didn't shoot straight or anything. And that woman actually helped this guy kill, you know, when when it came time for him to fight, the the bad guy actually helped him kill him. I feel like the Lord was saying that he wants to use women, okay, to set uh, the captives free. And help the men in this room that are in bondage. That he wants to use some women who are like gunfighters in the spirit. Um, to get the men, you know, and to really destroy the works of the devil. And I, I feel like that really is the heart of God. That's something God's trying to do on the earth today. Is He really does want to raise up women. And I know a lot of people have theological problems with women in and, and the church. But that's really just not the Lord, I can tell you. I think I can go toe-to-toe with somebody in the Bible over that. You know, I really do. I think I could, I could, you know, at least fire them to a standstill that what they is not the truth. That God can use a woman. He can use a woman to speak in the church. He can use a woman to 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 do anything that he can use a man to do. And I really believe that's found in the Bible. And I, and, and I just really want to encourage the women today. Um, if you feel like God's got a call in your life, you really need to go for it and not be under some uh, demonically inspired theology that says that god can't use you and anybody in any woman in this room any women in this room hear what i'm saying to you if you feel like god has that for you uh just stand up and we're going to pray for you um because the lord wants to you know and and you may not be the one that blows that bad guy away because it may be the men that need to blow him away but God wants to use you to get the guy who's supposed to blow him away free so he can so Lord just raise your hands to the Lord if you feel like if you're a woman you really feel like God has a call on your life a real call on your life God wants to use you he really does he wants to use you in the church he wants to use you to speak the Word of God he wants to use you to heal he wants you to use you to deliver and set captives free now that's really the heart of the lord and lord i just pray that right now that you would release that And these women that are standing up lifting their hands to you lord that they are not uh lesser citizens in the kingdom of god they are not lesser lord and lord that you uh you have a calling and you've placed gifts in them the holy spirits in them how could they be any less with the holy spirit in them how could they lord how could they lord your word doesn't say it, Lord. And, Lord, we just want to release them. We want to release them to help us get free, help the male and his fragile ego and his, his mess that he gets into. We want to see the women come forth, Lord, to set those men free that are going to do some damage to the devil. And, Lord, we ask you today to put it in these women's heart to do that in the name of Jesus. And give them courage, Lord. Give them courage. Lord, let, don't let them get in the flesh. Don't let them get ahead of you, but let them not lag behind anymore, Lord Jesus. And God, I pray you would open the Word to them and show them in the Word. Show them in the Word. It's the truth, Lord, that you can use a woman just like you can use a man and that you use women just like you use men to do great things in the kingdom of God. And we thank you for it, Lord, and agree to it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and give you this message. It's not a long message. Okay, and then we've got a couple of things we're going to do that's sort of special. But you know what we could do, Nathan? If we wanted to save some time, we can receive the offering while I'm talking. Can we do two things at once, one time? I, I can, I can do two things at once. People don't believe I can talk to them and do something else. Becky always gets mad at me, but Lord, bless the offering, and it's worship, Lord. And God wants your money. Amen. <laughs> he does. He wants it. God wants you, and, you know, your money is a good sign of you, so you better better give with a good heart, though, cheerful. Amen. Not under compulsion. Turn to Mark 13 and Luke 21. I want you to get those two spots in your Bible. And this is what I want to just read Mark 13, verse 32, um, starting out. Verse 32 to verse 37. It says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven. I'll forget it. Um, no, but of that day an hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It's like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded their doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crow and the rooster, or in the morning. Least coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Okay, uh... Every time the Lord in the Scripture talks about, and really you get about all the time, even when Paul or Peter talks about in the Scripture about the second coming of Christ, or about the end times, there's one consistent pattern that you're going to find in it. Okay, every time, you can go study this for yourself, and that one consistent pattern is there's a warning that the Lord gives. And that warning is, is He's saying, you know, you have to be careful and you have to wake up and be watchful because the time is going to come upon you and you could be asleep when it comes. In other words, he's saying it's going to happen when you don't expect it. In fact, you're going to be, you could be lulled into to, uh, sleep. You could be drowsy spiritually. And he says that every time. In other words, what he's saying, you know, the Bible says at the end of the age there's going to be a darkness that comes on the earth that's incredible. Gross darkness is what Isaiah calls it. And that darkness is what puts people to sleep. Just like at night, you naturally start getting sleepy. Is that right? I mean, most people do. Back in the days before electricity, they would go to bed with the chickens and get up with the chickens because chickens go to bed when it gets dark. You know? And that's what, the, you know, naturally, that's what we would do. And, and so you see, and spiritually, that is what happens. As the As the world becomes darker, there's this spiritual sleepiness that comes on people. There's spiritual sleepiness that comes on the people of God. So every time Jesus talked about that time, he was warning us. Every time Jesus, think about it. I mean, that really thing, whoa, this is serious. If every time Jesus talked about that time, he was warning us, be careful, stay awake, be watchful. All right, now turn over to Luke 21. Are y'all with me? Luke 21, verse 34 through verse 36. It says, uh, this is another, you know, one of Jesus's. Don't you love how, you know, I love it when Jesus tells you something. He's telling, he's warning us something beforehand. That's what's so cool about it. We just don't really take, take these warnings seriously. But I believe God's saying something to us this morning. But take heed to yourselves. lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. I mean, it says it will come as a snare for everybody on the face of the earth. And that means if you're living on the face of this earth, it is going to come as a snare to you and me as Christians. That's what Jesus just, you know, that's what he said. It's in the Bible. Uh, For uh, Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass, to stand before the Son of Man. Um, so here's 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 the thing. Every, this is what I, here's the biggest complaint I hear from Christians. Okay, this is the complaint. I'm too busy, and I'm tired. I'm too busy. My life is busy. Now is is that a problem for anybody in this room? I know it's a problem for people because I hear this all the time from Christians. I'm busy. My life's too busy. I got too much to do. Okay. And Jesus warned right there. He said, "I'm not talking about the carousing and the drunkenness, because I not too many. We're just complaining about everybody else who's out carousing and getting drunk, okay? But you see, here's what we, as these so-called grill dedicated Christian people, is he talk he he talks about the cares of this life. You know, and and as you know, the cares of, of this life are not evil things inherently. They could be good things. But here's what Jesus is saying: is these things." are weighing people down. They're sitting on people's shoulders and they're weighing you down. They're wearing you out. Just like in the natural. If you go out and work real hard all day, when you get home at night, you just want you know, you sit down in your chair and you just like, right? You just go to sleep. Okay, well, the same thing happens to us spiritually. And, And people are wore down in this day that we live in. Now, here's something. That's really the truth. This is something that Arthur Burt was, was talking to me about this week. Um, and I really feel like it was the Lord because he's the kind of guy that never talks about the devil. Yes, you know, the first time in my life I've ever heard Arthur Burt talk about the devil. He, his his phylog- theology on the devil always has been, well, the devil's a defeated foe, so we don't worry about him. that's what you know, he used to say for years. But he was, he was talking to me about the devil, and he said, this is what he said. He said, you know, here's the thing. In Israel, everybody knows who the Israeli soldiers are. They are obvious to everyone, but their enemy, the PLO, comes in the form of a 15 or 16-year-old young lady, a student that nobody would ever suspect as being an enemy, and walks in with, you know, loaded down with bombs and, and you know, blows up a, uh, a school or blows up a cafeteria. And really what I felt like the Lord was saying is, you see, the enemy does not come to us obviously. You know, it's not like the enemy is is jumping in our face and, you know, has this ugly face that he's saying stuff. He's really deceiving the people of God. And and I just felt, this is the way I really feel. This is the really true. This is why I'm sharing this. I feel like we are a sleepy bunch of people, that we're sleepy. We're going to sleep. We are weighed down with the cares of this world. And that we have become spiritually sluggish, now, that's, that's what I see when I look at the majority of Christians is they're sluggish spiritually. They don't really have life. They're not awake. They're not watching. And Jesus said, this is going to happen. That's what he said. This is going to happen to you. Every time he talked about the last days, you're going to be faced with darkness. You're going to be faced with cares that are going to drag you down and make you go to sleep. That's a pretty serious warning, isn't it? I mean, does anybody in here feel like they're sleepy Christians? I mean, I think most of you really do. If you would really get honest, you would have to say, I'm a sleepy Christian. I'm really not awake to the things of God. I'm not alive to the things of God. They're dull to me. And, uh, you know, that's really not what God wants. Let me read you this uh, verse in Jeremiah. This is what God wants for us. It says, it's talking about the Christian who's, Trusting in God, the Christian who is really going after God, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spread out its root by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. In other words, if the stock market goes up or the stock market goes down, you could be a person who would be fruitful. No matter what happens in the world, that's God's uh, will for you. That's God's will for us as Christians. And you know, most—I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm—you know—I'm talking to myself. I just don't think that's our state. I really don't. And I'm—I'm I'm really concerned about it. I'm concerned that we've become uh, people who've become drowsy and wore down spiritually. And I just feel like God really wants to warn us today to wake up and to become watchful and become alive again. Now that's that's what I really feel in my heart. You know, there's gonna be, you know, we got wars, we got rumors of wars, you know, we got a rumor of a big war. You know, with you know, the government talking about having a war with Iraq. that could be a major, you know, catastrophe. You know, in fact, a lot of the prophetic people were saying that would be the worst thing the United States could ever do because thousands of Americans and thousands of innocent people could die in that war, if it's not done in God's time and in God's way. I don't know. I'm not no expert on any of this stuff, but I'm just saying. You know, there's droughts. We got a drought. we got we're in the worst drought we've ever been in since so I've, in my remembrance. You know, we got in, in Europe floods, you know, people dying of being flooded. They got so much water over there, and we don't have enough. Um, you know, our world is in an uproar. It really is. You know, we are living in a time when we really need to wake up. You know, the, the think of the corporate the corporate world is turned upside down now. Um, you know, have we ever heard of thinking these big executives being hauled off to jail in handcuffs uh, on TV. You know, one guy, the guy over Adelphia, who at one time was, two years ago, was inducted to the cable TV Hall of Fame, went away in handcuffs for, you know, what he was doing. That was illegal. And, you know, we need to really, we need to really see that we're living in a time. We're living in a tumultuous time. The Catholic Church, I mean, they have, you know, been... Uh, All these terrible things that have been going on for years and suddenly have been exposed, you know, to the whole world. You know, God is saying something. God is trying to talk to us. And we would be fools to stick our head in the ground and not listen to what's going on around us. People are afraid, you know, about their job situation, you know, because now the stock market has suddenly become extremely unstable and... You know, people could be losing jobs because of the stock market and because of, you know, the bad business practices of of corporate America. And, you know, we just need to really find out what the Bible says about living in times like this. That's what we really need to do is find out what the Bible says about living in times like this. So, you know, that's really the first thing I felt like the Lord showed me was number one is every time he talked about the last days, he was he, there was a warning. Every time Jesus talked about the last day, he warned us to be careful and stay awake. Don't get lulled into this heaviness. Don't get lulled into a lifestyle that you're so overcome with your cares that they just wear you down and put you to sleep. That was his warning to us. So that's the first thing that we need to pay attention to. We are it's a trick. The devil's tricking us. He's consuming us with stuff. I'm not talking about bad stuff. I'm just saying we're being consumed and we don't even know it. Just like that 15, 16-year-old beautiful PLO girl walks into town. Nobody would ever suspect that this is walking death and people wind up dying over it. That is exactly how the enemy's coming to us. And we really need to really, really wake up uh, and be, be aware Well. Um. There's in the in the Bible. There's books. This is something I've been looking at recently from a discussion that Jim and I had about about the church. But there's books specifically addressed to the church in the New Testament. Okay, specifically verses. You know, someone just said you know like Romans is to all the saints. You know, <laughs> Ephesians. Which surprised me really. All the saints. I mean, it's just sort of general, but there's certain books in the Bible that when the writer he was addressing the church. Like here, here they are. I'll tell you what they are. First and Second Corinthians are books written directly to the church. Uh, first and Second Thessalonians are books written to the church. Philemon was a book that was written to Philemon, and maybe they think it was his wife, and then one other guy, and then it was to the church that met in their house. Second John was written to the church. Galatian was written to the churches, which I thought was interesting in Galatia. Uh, and then Revelation was addressed to the seven churches in Asia. So those were books that were all addressed to churches. In other words, they were books where, where the God was saying, this, this is primarily I'm going to speak to the church. Now, the greater includes the lesser. So if he's speaking to the church, he's speaking to us as being part of the church. That doesn't mean we shouldn't take what they're saying in there. But there's also specific chapters in the Bible which address specific issues. Okay? You know, like 1 Corinthians 13, that would be, everybody knows this one, you know, right? That's about love. Right? So that's a, a chapter, we would, if somebody would talk about love that didn't know the Bible, we could say, well, here's what the Bible says about love. We could go right to 1 Corinthians 13 and, and talk to them about it. Or if somebody was wondering about the gifts of the Spirit, we could say, well, we know 1 Corinthians 12 is, is about the gifts of the Spirit. And if somebody was asking about speaking in tongues and prophecy in the church, we could say, well, 1 Corinthians 14 is all about that. And if somebody asked us about, you know, how does God, how does, you know, what about the roles of pastors and, and, and teachers And We could say, well, we can take you right to Ephesians 4 and tell you about that. See, those are things in the Bible that are clear, that, that clearly address certain issues. Well, I found a chapter in the Bible that clearly addresses the time we're living in. I mean, it is clear, and I want you to, if you don't get anything else out of this message, I want you to get remember this one chapter in the Bible. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 talks directly to us about the time we're living in, about the last days, and about what we need to do in the last days. Just like, you want to know about love? Love is patient, love is, you know, forbearing, all those kind of things. Well, let's go look in First Corinthians 13. Well, let's go look in First uh, Thessalonians 5 and find out what the Bible, what God gave us, the church, because Thessalonians was a book addressed to the church, what God is saying, these are the things you need to be paying attention to. These are the, this is what I'm saying to you for the last days. And if you will heed what's in here, you will not be lured into this spiritual sluggishness. You will not go to sleep spiritually. Now, that's the antidote to it. It's like the prescription against everything that's coming at us, this whole busy lifestyle where people are just overcome and just wore out in their life. There's the antidote. You can find it. It's right in there. I, I knew somewhere God would give us an answer to being too busy, you know, and being just tired. Especially. I just want to look at a couple of things in that. Are you with me? It's really the Lord, I believe. It's really the Lord. The Lord wants to just help us. Um, it's just, you know, and I'm not I'm not going to go through everything in there. I'm just going to get you started on it, and you can read the rest and figure out the rest on your own. Because you're probably going to find some stuff in there I didn't see, but I found like 12 things in First Thessalonians 5 that tells us, that there's clear instructions from the Bible about living in this day. Um It says, But but concerning, 1 Thessalonians 5, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. But when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. So that's the first thing. Uh, again, just to be here, the first thing it says is we need to understand the times and seasons we're living in. We need to have a, understand we need to understand all this stuff that's going on in the world, the climate issues. Uh, these are we need to pay attention to these things and understand we, things are not just the way they used to be. Things are not in America like they were two years ago. We need to understand that and pay attention to that. The Bible talks about in uh, Luke seventeen twenty six, as in the days of Noah and as in the days of Lot. Guess, here's some of the things they were doing. They were getting married. They were giving in marriage. They were buying land. They were selling land. They were starting businesses. That's that's what it says was happening right before Noah got into ark and everybody died. That's what happened right before God rained down st- fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. People were going about their daily lives doing things. These are not wrong things. It's good to get married and it's good to have businesses. But you see what I'm saying? We need to understand we're going to be doing these things. Nor business is usual in life and God is standing right at the very threshold of returning. And we're so consumed that we don't even perceive the signs of the time. Because they're subtle. That's what Jesus was saying in those scriptures. So, we need to ask the Lord, you know, for that First Chronicles twelve thirty two that underst- the sons of Issachar who had understanding of times, to know what Israel ought to do. We need to ask the Lord, Lord you know, we, you know that should be our prayer. Lord, show us what's going on. Speak to us about this stuff. Show us the times we're living in, so we can be people who are alert and ready and awake. And we're not sucked into things we shouldn't be sucked into, because again, the enemy is deceptive. He's going to get you involved in something good to bur- burden you, to weigh you down, make you tired, make you sleepy spiritually. And there you are, you're asleep, and the Lord returns, and there you are, you're out, you're disconnected from the Lord. What a bad thing! You got that? All right. Second thing is this. Well, this is a good one. Uh, it says. Um, In verse 5, okay, it says, Well, but you, brethren, or verse 4, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Here's the thing I feel like the Lord was saying to me. You are all sons of light, is that we have to understand who we really are. In other words, personally, I've got to discover who I really am in the Lord. I've got to I've got to take my per, the identity that God has given me because the hardest thing I've been found in my life, and being a person who's done much of this, is trying to be somebody else or be like somebody else. That just wears you out, doesn't it? Anybody here tried to do that? I mean, I know somebody is with me in this. Day. That will wear you out and beat you down and frustrate you when you're trying to be like someone else and do what they're doing and not really being who God has made you. And we really need everybody needs everybody on a personal level needs to find out who they are in the Lord and be happy with that and be blessed in that because that's one of the keys here. He's saying you're sons of the light. You're not darkness. This is who you are. Find out who you are. And the only way you're going to find that out is you're going to find it out in the Lord. And this is another thing, because he was speaking to the church. is the church. Every church needs to find out who they are. You know, let me just tell you, probably there are some visitors in here. You probably may not like who we are, and that's good. That's fine. You need to like where God's put you. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not trying to be the church like the church down the road. We need to find out who we are as a church and be that. And forget trying to do stuff that everybody else is doing. All that stuff. We need to can stuff. (laughs) If we need to flush stuff, let's flush it. But let's find out who God's called us to be and be that. Be true to our real identity in the Lord. Because if we are not true to our identity in the Lord, we're going to go to sleep. Who cares what everybody else thinks? I would rather let them think bad or think whatever, misunderstand or whatever, and still be alive and awake and alert and spiritually full of God than trying to make sure everybody likes my reputation and trying to make sure I'm pleasing everybody and all that garbage that gets you nowhere but wears you down. And we need to face this stuff. We need to face it. Are y'all with me? Okay. Let me get done here. All right. Um, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. And I think, uh, you know, we could talk a lot about those things, but here's the truth. I think the key word to me is putting on. And I went and looked that word up in the original language, and this is what it means. It means the same thing you would say if you're putting on your pants, okay? Every day, you, if you have two shirts, you get to make a choice of which shirt you're going to put on, Right? In other words, I believe what, what, what the Lord's trying to say to us, you have a choice about hope. You have a choice about faith. You have a choice about love. You can put it on. You cannot put it on. You can live in fear if you want to. Your heart can be overcome by fear, but the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. And love is what precedes faith because faith works through love. And if you can make a decision that you're not going to live in fear, you're not. Then you can live in faith because in the way to not let live in fear is to let the perfect love of God come in and operate in your life and that will cast out fear. But it is a choice we make to put those things on. It's a choice. The helmet of hope is a positive mental attitude. You can be the most negative, pessimistic person in the world but that is not biblical. And if you don't do those things, you have opened yourself up for the enemy to drug you and put you to sleep. So you can be negative about everything. You can find fault about everything. You can have a negative attitude. Oh, the economy. Oh, the church. Oh, the preaching. Oh, the state of the, you know, the, the union. All those things. And be a person without hope. But guess what's going to happen to you? You're a person who's laying down, laying down, laying down spiritually. And you're going to go to sleep. And you're going to miss it. You hear me? You hear what I'm saying to you? This is, are you all getting this? Because this is so important. I wish I could do it better. Anyway, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to a saint obtain salvation through Jesus Christ, who died for us, for whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. And everybody say, live together. Everybody say it one more time. You know what that means? It means if you live with somebody, that person knows you pretty good, right? Remember what last week Ken Helster said is you're married to somebody and they see the worst of you, but still love you. Remember that y'all remember that That's pretty good, wasn't it? Well, that's the way it is with the Lord is God wants intimacy with us.